Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello there, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here with Judging Freedom. Today is Thursday, March 10th, 2022. My guest today is a very unique person, and I'm happy to call a friend Jack Devine. Jack has a 30-year career with the Central Intelligence Agency, was once the acting director of operations for the CIA, and wrote an unbelievable book called Spymaster's Prism, The Fight Against Russian Aggression, a book that if you want to know why we're all watching the war in Afghanistan, you would do well to read. Jack, it's a pleasure. Welcome to Judging Freedom. Uh, it's good to be talking to you again, Judge. Thank you. Thank you. How uh, how dangerous is Vladimir Putin? Well, I tell you, he's more dangerous than I thought, and I thought it was pretty dangerous. <laughs> when I wrote the book, uh, you know, it came out last year. If, if I were a little bit more perdition, I would have waited and had it come out this year because I, I did talk about the Ukraine. I talked about how desirous he was of getting hold of the Ukraine and that he was going to do whatever he could to make that happen. And that for us in the West, we should be looking at the Ukraine much like we looked at uh, Germany during the Cold War or Berlin and Kiev is the, the Berlin. So I think I was on the money there. Um, and I thought he would do everything he could to muscle Ukraine to get it into his area. Russia without the Ukraine is a much smaller, weaker country, as you know. With it, then it becomes, you know, it's a powerhouse. Uh, you know, the, the resources, the people, and he won. He, that was his dream. So there are a lot of people talking about NATO, not NATO. He wanted it part of his empire. Did, no you, uh, did you anticipate that he would be willing to destroy it? That's the difference. That's the difference. This is the conundrum for me. Look, here's a guy that used plutonium to, to have a couple of people bumped off. This is not a sweetheart. In other words, this is a tough, tough guy who, you know, extra legal things are are not beyond them. And he's going into Georgia. He's going into the Crimea. You know, violence is not alien to him. But did I think he would go in and carry out oh, a major land war in Ukraine? I'd have to tell you. I thought he was a smart KGB guy that was going to eat at it internally, politically, so that it, he could coerce it without having to use that kind of force. So when he started to build up that huge army, you know, I began to reevaluate just how dangerous he was. I said, I, I do consider him and always have him being the, the most dangerous man in the world. And the, use, the reason is he'll use force. I think he, over in, in the Wall Street Journal, I really nailed, hammered this point, and that is I think he graded his own demise by going in there. I think he really 
made a terrible judgment about what he was going to be facing and how the world would be dealing with it. And I think he's got himself in a real, a real box. And I think it's going to lead to his demise. A thousand days, 5,000 days, I can't tell you, or 400 days. But he has now put himself in a unique category where he can never come back to the dinner table. Without um, spilling any secrets that you're not allowed uh, to spill, uh, how, how strong is he at, as the head of the government? Or stated differently, are there people in his government who are as outraged by the slaughter uh, in Ukraine as we are? Or stated differently, are there people in his government waiting to replace him? Sometimes with bold acts, you expose yourself more than you intend to. So I would say the, the going into Afghanistan, what I said in the article was five days before he went in, he was very powerful. He could count on unity behind him, fear in the world. I think when he went in and got himself into his army was shown to be much weaker, the strategy poorer. I think his personal stock, even within his elites, is diminished. He's the half the man that he was when he went in and therefore more vulnerable. So I think, you know, he still has his hand on the tiller, but he, um, I think a lot of people around him that are looking at him with more apprehension. And if I were him, I'd sleep with one eye open at night. So I don't think that's how it's going to play out. Uh, my own view is slightly different, but it is quite possible that if this thing keeps going south, and the military really gets bogged down and the Russians are suffering. You remember Khrushchev after the missile crisis when not too long thereafter, he went to a meeting and then walked out in chains, right? So uh, it's a very funny system. So I, I think he's lost, I think he's lost market share and it's, it's going to, I think he's going to get weaker day by day and not stronger. Did come you, a point. Uh, did you come approve did you approve of the uh, Biden administration's drip-by-drip uh, drip release of what normally would be uh, top-secret intel uh, in the days and weeks building up to the invasion, uh, reporting what the intelligence community found in great detail about his plots and his plans? Well, this is novel, and this is different. And uh, I think when I looked at the intelligence... And again, I'm not giving up anything that, you know, I have to have the CI people come by and whisk me away. But a lot of it was technical, that the Russians know we know how to take pictures. We know how to collect information technically. Uh, I didn't sense in what I read where there was any compromise of human sources. I think what was interesting, and I think, again, you when you go back and look at this, you know, this fake news, has, I mean, it's just amazing that even any single Russian would believe the malarney that they're putting out there. So I think it was really important for the U.S. to get the message out that th this guy was going to invade. And, you know, that this, it was going to happen. And I began to worry, well, was it like, you know, the weapons of mass destruction? Are they really sure? But I do think the intelligence community did nail it this time. And I think it's better for getting it out. I doubt that there was anything in that. And trust me, I know lots of my friends would be screaming and there'd be leaks in the press, not for my friends, but their friends. Right. If there were real sensitive sources that went 
the belly up. I, I don't I don't sense that's the case. Uh, so it's a bit different, but I think in this case, you know, I'm I'm inclined to say that it was useful because it would have been a really disaster if the community did not categorically say that an invasion was coming. And it came, then I would say, people would say, what are we doing with this billion dollars, billions of dollars for intelligence, and we can't forecast. So I, I'm not uncomfortable with that, Judge. Would, what, what would you tell uh, President Biden or his senior uh, intel people? What advice uh, would you give them to uh, weaken Putin, to shorten the war, to strengthen uh, uh, Ukraine, whatever you could give them to help bring this uh, to an end with less slaughter of innocent life? I found over the years that talking one-on-one -on -one to people, you can talk to thousands of them to listen to. You're much better off doing what you're doing, get on a podcast or write an op-ed. So I sent my message that anybody that want to read it, and that is, he's finished. We've got to recognize what the real end game is. You know, we're going to end up somewhere in Ukraine, but he is now in a as an outcast. And as long as he's there with these dangerous tendencies, the world will not be at ease, and he will he could very well replicate this again. So, but I'm not promoting covert action against them and trying to do things in Russia. I think that's a, a losing proposition. I believe he will be taken down by his own people. So we must be, once some sort of agreement's worked out, we can't all walk away and say, well, we, that, that's taken care of and let's ease up on the sanctions. We got to remain strong, tough on the sanctions. We need to support the Ukrainian resistance. If there is one, we need to support the 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 elements that are, uh, blocking the subjugation of Ukraine. So I, I think we have to stay tough for a longer people, a period of time. He has sown the seeds of his own collapse, and we ought to let him sink by himself inside of Russia. We should not be meddling in there. But externally, wherever we end up at the point of uh, there's some concession, because this won't go on forever, at that point, we need to stay firm. And I, I, I worry about that. So that's my message. My message is this is not over if we get a ceasefire. This is not over even if they leave, no matter what deal's cut. He, he really, we need to recognize him for what he is and we need to have, uh, that needs to stop. We can't, he can't be brought back for cocktail parties and pictures taken with Putin. It's over. And his own people are gonna have to. It is our intel your former uh, colleagues, good enough so that we know what he's going to do before he does it? It has been rare. This is, I'm going to get in trouble here, Judge. You're getting me in trouble. Well, I don't get it's in trouble. Rare, it's rare that we've really known what the head of the head of state's next move is. Part of it is because sometimes they don't know. But historically, we have had really good agents penetrating into the Russian system. And I would say they're not amateurs in this business either. They have had and do have, continue to have good sources. So I think we will, we will have a, a pretty good understanding, but it's not 100% locked. We're not, when I look back at all the cases that have been revealed in the public, most of them were really good on where are the missiles, what's the technology, you know, the, 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 uh, their moves in foreign countries. 
but we rarely had sources in the political arm close to heads of state, and neither have they. Now, in the Cold War, at the very beginning, there were some real disasters in terms of people that were working for the Russians. So it's a rare, it's a rare, a rare source that can give you that type of conviction. So that's why you have to vector with all types of information. Understood. How how dangerous to American national security or to individual freedom are uh, is the Russian intelligence community here in the U.S. Well, this in the book, I was trying to blow a, a horn here. Uh, I think people get all upset in the 2016 election. I, I was furious that they interfered in our political election because that was not a Cold War uh, rule. In other words, you didn't, you couldn't. We had an understanding they wouldn't mess around in our political system. They wouldn't mess around on theirs. And you don't see many examples of it over the Cold War, the entire Cold War. So I was livid that they were messing around, and I didn't even believe it at first. So this is so far off of the Cold War uh, formula. But when you start to look at it, and you look at the Mueller report, they're running around, running operations, <laughs> frantically trying to find sources, and it gives you, you know, a sense. And when you start to look at what they really did, they were very, very busy. They were really working the political system. I worry about that today. People are worried about, are they going to bring down the grid? I'm worried that they're going to use that penetration of our political process and the internet and fake news, that they're going to try and undermine our system and they're going to be more active. On the pure intelligence side, you know, people talk about the Chinese the Chinese come to it late, right? And they don't also, they don't, they're not a, as aggressive in terms of trying to how do you use it. But my own sense is the Russians are deeply embedded in, uh, in our cyber world. And I think we, 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 and I'm sure my colleagues in the FBI and so on are concerned about this. And I, again, I'm not looking for them to bring down the grid, but I'm looking for them to continue to steal secrets, but also the mess in our mess around in our political process. And that is going to be a real challenge for whatever administration has to deal with it when it becomes public. How, we can't how, let them do it. How dangerous is he, Putin, if he's cornered? I mean, might he turn around and, and bomb Los Angeles? <laughs> or, is, or is that unrealistic? And are all of his efforts now uh, concentrated on Ukraine? I think there's a, a thing that really is turning me off. There's a trend now. We've got to give him an off ramp. We, we have to help this guy out because he has been so nasty. He's created such a mess that we need to make an exit. He's like a tiger wrapped in a, a, a cage, and you got to let him escape out the back door. Well, no one ever tells you the end of the story. The tiger goes out and meets all the sheep. You know, if you go to any sports arena, you've got the guys on the ropes. You don't say, well, wait a minute. If I hit him one more time, he's going to get really mad. You, you take him out, right? So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too worried about him getting into the, into the, into the corner. I think we put that pressure on that his own people decide that he's run his tenure. I do not believe that, um, I mean, I think he's sufficiently sane that he's not going to fire a nuclear weapon because he knows we'll all be fried potato chips the next in the next hour, right? So I don't think he's going there. I don't think he's deranged. I, as I said, I think he's going to try and, 
you know, most importantly, he'll be concentrating on protecting himself inside and it'll be really hard. And where it breaks down, this is a key point, where you know he's in trouble is when the demonstrations start to become faster and deeper and the military and the police are not prepared to push down on their people. As long as the military and the police stand by him, he will stay in power. And this could happen overnight and that the, the military decides, mm, you know, we're, we're not going to do this and he's out. So I know well, he's lost. He's lost two of his leading generals already. Right. And I, I wonder about those, you know, those photos of him with his active duty generals, the chiefs 40 feet away. They, they, they wish they were in any other place on the face of the earth other than that room. And his security council, I think he has developed a very strange management style. In fact, I would say, you know, you asked me whether he was more dangerous. I think there's a darker side to Putin than I realize. There's a side that permits him to have the type of barbaric activities taking place in the bombings. And so I think he's, there's a darker side than I anticipated. Because I think at the stage down, the things that are taking place, this is beyond, you know, this is beyond the pale for most political leaders historically, that he's prepared to let these tragedies take place for, to correct the political mistake he's, a political and military mistake he made. So I do think there's a dark side. I don't think it's self-destruction, though. But I'm not a psychiatrist. What, what, um, what happens if a uh, Russian tank commander uh, misreads his uh, GPS and uh, fires into Poland, where he destroys Polish uh, jets and American jets that are, that are at an airport just a few miles over the Ukraine-Poland border, does NATO come in? Does the U.S. come in? Has World War III started? Now, this is where intelligence plays a huge role historically. When something like that happens, you have to be the instantaneous capability to determine that's a one-off. Now, we've had a couple of these. Uh, you know, we don't talk a lot about them, but they're in writing, where we almost had incidents like that on both sides, where we were practicing and doing exercises, and there was one of their generals was convinced, and, and we one of ours was convinced, the other side, a different occasion. It reaches that point. Your best preventative is to make sure you have the intelligence to answer, is this a full-blown attack, or is there something to ride? And fortunately in history, instead of hitting the, the, the red button, the, uh, the, both the Russian and the American on different occasions decided they were going to double check. So uh, I think if it could be misread and immediately you know, start firing, but that's why you have a red line. That's why you pick up the phone. That's why the head of the agency and the head of the KGB, you have to have communications to say, hey, whoa, that was, that's one off. We'll fix it. You know, we'll make reparations. We'll do whatever it is. So I, that could happen, Judge, but I, 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 think, I think that would be capped off. I would hope it would be capped off because you have a lot of technical collection that will ascertain really fast whether or not there's coordinated units and other. It's not a single person. So... I, I don't think that will kick off World War III. It'll be a mess. It'll be a mess for sure. But I don't think that's how World War III starts. 
Jack Devine, 30 years in the CIA. It's a pleasure to be with you again. Thank you for all of your answers. Thanks for uh, joining us. And thank you for the opportunity to chat with you again, Judge. Of course. Judge Napolitano for judging freedom.